Randalicious. Welcome to the SEO Ranch. I am your host, Forty Over. Even way better as Wix's head of SEO branding. But I remind you that this podcast has absolutely nothing to do with that. This is pure unofficial Morty Magic and Morty Mania. Where can you find the SEO podcast? Tell you every week you're already listening. You found it. Mission successful. Mission complete. However, for the sake of just running through this, because I guess it's what you do in a podcast, we are available on Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever great, terrible, mediocre, whatever podcasts are found, and at the SEORant.com, at SEORant on Twitter, blah, 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 and no one cares. Anyway, the SEO rant comes out typically on Thursdays. Why am I saying typically? Because not my full-time job, not my part-time job, not my anytime job, so if I don't have time, I don't do an episode, so... It legitimately does make sense to subscribe so that you're notified when a new episode comes out. So semi-markety, semi-real. Anyway, for your listening pleasure, by the way, great topic today. She's a well-known industry speaker, industry writer. She's been the head of SEO. She knows a ton about SEO. Hence, check out her writings around, I don't know, SEO. As search and a journalist, she's been a speaker. Have a look at her online. Google her. You probably have to know her name first before you do that. Um, Helen Pollitt, hi, how are you? Hello, I'm really well, thank you. So I love today's topic and I'm not sure. Okay. So if you have children listening to this podcast, which I don't know why you would, you might want to like put earmuffs on them for this one. Cause I, 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 there might be some swearing involved. I don't know. You might be swearing listening to this as we talk about this, because we're talking about, why getting a job in SEO is completely burped up. I was saying, I, I did just, a beat for the sake of the children, by the way. I just love the idea that you're picturing uh, some SEO's kids being lulled to sleep at night with your podcast. Yeah. Know, first of all, well, listen, I love the SEO community, but there are some, you know, interesting, perhaps slightly disturbed people out there who would do that. I'm reserving comments. Um, <laughs> I plead the fifth. Um, yeah, so where do you want to start with this one? I mean, I have so very many opinions on this subject, it's actually hard to know where to start, um, both from having been a candidate in the SEO market for many, many years now, and also a hiring manager for SEOs for many, many years. I think we, unfortunately, as hiring managers, are possibly doing a bit of a disservice to those people who are looking for jobs in the SEO industry at the moment, and I think that's because of the a long history of us kind of resting on our laurels a bit with the interview process, with the job spec process, and not really doing what we need to do to find and help great talent showcase their great talent. Um, so for me, it's, it's not so much about how candidates need to do better to get roles, because I think it's, you know, interviewing is a hard thing anyway. It's more about how us as hiring managers need to be working smarter and harder at finding the right candidates and allowing them to really show off about why they're the right candidate for the role. Um, and I think there's a, a number of reasons why that's just not the case at the moment. And it's something that seems to be industry-wide. There's a few people in the industry who are kind of making waves and trying to change that interview process and that hiring process. But ultimately, I think we've got a long way to go. Okay. So how do I put this mildly? What's the most fucked up thing about trying to get an SEO job? For me, I feel like it's actually the interview process itself. I, I remember back in the day when it used to be you'd sit down with the, the manager of the SEO department and you'd have one interview with them. They'd ask you a few questions about who you follow on Twitter, etc. And you either got the job or you didn't. 
it was a one-step process. If it was for a more senior role, there might be some kind of presentation involved. But it feels like these days there's a four-part interview where you have to, at some point, have uh, crossed over the Atlantic in order to meet with someone in a different country. You have to have uh, created them an entire SEO strategy, despite knowing nothing about their business, and just wow them through all of these many, many interview stages. And I, I feel like that's in some cases, really disrespectful of the candidate's time, because in all honesty, it's unlikely that if they're interviewing with you, you're the only company they're interviewing with. They're probably in this multi-step interview process with one or a couple of other roles. And as such, they spend an entirety of their free time just working on free SEO audits and free SEO presentations yes. for the interviewing companies. And I, there's got to be a better way. There is a better way of doing it. There that. has to be a better way. That It's so insane. Like I understand, like you're an employer, you wanna you wanna really see what this person can offer, but there's got to be a better way than a five hour assignment, which you're probably just gonna use for your own benefit anyway. Let's just be honest. There just has to be something. It's ridiculous already. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't work for you yet, and I kind of don't want to work for you now. There, there very much is that. Yeah, I think there's that aspect of it that actually, if you are asking a candidate to do a lot of work up front for free without any guarantee that they're going to get anything out of it other than you'll give them a consideration for the role, then it doesn't, it doesn't welcome them into the company particularly well if they then do accept the role if you offer it. No, it and, like you're working for a bunch of narcissists, to be honest with you. But it seems to be, and, and I don't blame anyone who is in this um, hiring position at the moment because we all do it. It's, it seems to be the industry norm. This is the way that yeah. SEO interviews seem to happen. We, we've kind of conditioned ourselves that you have your initial interview maybe with a recruiter or someone in the talent team and then you move on to a, a question and answer type interview then there's a task that's set you might have to present back etc you might then have to meet with another person another person it, it seems to be just the way we do it in the industry at the moment and that's kind of where I feel there needs to be a bit of a shake-up um, and it's not even necessarily the best way of determining someone's aptitude for the job because you need to be tailoring that interview process for the different skills that are required for that role. Yes, there will be some uh, some SEO roles where you will be presenting to stakeholders a lot. An account manager, for instance, you're going to be standing up in front of a group of people or via a Zoom call talking to them about SEO work. So a presentation is a good assessment of those skills. That might not be the case if you're not client facing or you don't spend much time with stakeholders. So why are you putting someone through that type of interview? when it's not really testing the skills they'll be using in the day-to-day. See, I, I have a whole take on this. Okay, so I follow NFL football a lot, which you're in the UK. Like, maybe that's a thing where they're, they're, they're trying to break into that market. There's a whole bunch of games in the UK now. Great, whatever. That's irrelevant. But there's a, there's a position called the quarterback, and that's the, that's, that's the dude who throws the ball. And what's happened now in the recent past is, is that you have these kids coming out of college. It used to be they would sit on the bench and wait a couple of years till they played and whatever. But what's happening now is they throw these kids right into the, the thick of things. And what they do to augment the fact that they're really inexperienced, they build the system around them to suit their skills. Why am I saying this? One, because I just love NFL football. But mm-hmm. two, I feel like, and I don't know if this is unique to SEO. I think that it's not, but... I feel it's an outdated way of, of thinking about jobs is, okay, I have a role. Yes, yeah, so I understand you have a general need. You need somebody to throw the football. I get that. But now once you determine that you need someone to throw the football, designing how that specific role looks and what's included, what's not included, what you might need to shift to somebody else, what you might need to, not, you know, to forego and say, okay, we're just not going to do that. 
is dependent upon the person who you're hiring. So as opposed to trying to fit, you know, a, a square peg into a round hole. And I think this is where part of the, this interview process goes wrong. Cause you're trying to see like, okay, I really got to make sure this fits. But if you understand who the person is, what they offer, what kind of personality they are, all these kind of more holistic things, then you can sort of design a role around them. Then you don't need to have these conversa- as many conversations or at least as many conversations like this. You might have to have many conversations perhaps around what's the best way to go about this, which I guess you can have some before and some after you hire them. But this whole you know, formal process of step one, step two, step three, you don't need at that point because you kind of, and I think the most important thing is you understand who that person is. And the last thing I'll say is I used to, um, I used to be the COO of some property management company in a completely other life. I don't know how the hell that happened. I don't know how the hell I got here. It's like, you know, you like Dorothy wakes up in the, in Oz. That's kind of what happened. And I used to interview a lot of people and I knew in five minutes who I wanted to hire, who I didn't want to hire or who it would be a good, because not based on their skills, but based on just meeting them and saying, okay, that's a quality person. Okay. I'm done. It's your show again. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I think it's, it's all true. I think we need to be looking at building teams, not just hiring a role. How, what is this role in relation to the rest of the setup of your SEO department or your marketing team or your company? What are the skills that you already have available to you within your team or your company that this this role doesn't necessarily need to over index on? So let's take um, technical SEO as an example. Uh, you might identify, OK, we don't have anyone in the company who's particularly strong at technical SEO. Let's hire in a technical SEO or we've got a new client that's just joined the agency roster. We need to have someone who's got a lot of experience with JavaScript because the website's a JavaScript nightmare. That's one set of skills technical seo okay great but any take 10 technical seos in the industry and they'll all have different experiences they'll all have different uh skill sets some will be really um keen to to stand up in front of a, a team of people and present back findings others will hate that idea but they are absolutely wonderful about writing technical guides you've got different skill sets within that one skill set so what exactly do you need do you need someone who's going to be up presenting to the client? If so, you're probably going to need to look at that kind of skill set. Or do you have someone in your team that already does that, that already does the client presentations and you just need a tech SEO who's very good at communicating to that person so they can then communicate to the client? It's You're going to be working in a team. This person will, this role will be a part of a team. So how does it fit within that team? And you're right, you might come across someone during the interview process, you think this person is just going to be amazing for our company, but they don't have this one skill, like, I don't know, they've not got experience in Python, so we're going to discount them. That's that's an awful way of, of approaching so it. Stupid. People are individuals and so can be trained as the other thing. If Python is some critical skill that for reasons unknown, you absolutely desperately need an SEO to be able to do, train them in it, see what that aptitude is for learning, test those kind of skills, not do they know this one coding language or not it's it's a bit reductionist it stops seeing people as as whole individuals and just looks at them as components of skills and that really frustrates me because we kind of we're just taking a snapshot of them in this moment in time and don't look at their potential or what they could do for the team or or how that team will benefit from having them in it i blame the cv or the resume where depending on which country i know what you call it um you look at people's CVs and you look, okay, they have this job, this skill set, and they look at all the different things that they did, blah, 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 blah. What a complete waste of freaking time. Mm. An absolute, first off, absolute waste of time writing it, an absolute waste of time. I, I mean, I'll be honest, 
I get a, you know, when I look at a CV, I kind of look at the jobs they've had, how long they've been there, and I don't read the rest of it. Well, you kind of get a bit of a feel once you're in the industry for a while of what it means to be a head of SEO for an agency. You can read between the lines anyway. So, yes, you might, uh, someone might put on their CV some of the results they've achieved. But at the end of the day, as a hiring manager, I don't know whether that's just them, whether it's I true. that. Were they the ones who got those results or was it actually the combination of the team that they were leading who got those results? You don't really learn anything from the CV. I, I've done it personally. I put the results on the, on the thing. It is so, it's so insulting to the rest of the people that you work with. If they knew that you did that, it's ridiculous. First off, and I'll say this as somebody who's had great successes in my career and some not so successes in my career. Do you know what I did differently? Absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing was different. Do you know why one thing worked, one thing didn't work? I don't know. If you can figure it out, you tell me. But sometimes the, the situation was right, the team was right, the moment was right, the client was right, the, everything was right, and it worked. In other situations, it just wasn't right, and you did everything right, but the results were I didn't get whatever result you're trying to show on your CV. It's so stupid. All of it's so stupid. I'm just going to say it's that- so stupid one more time. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to let you. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it also is quite unfair for people who are newer to the industry because they don't necessarily have those those results to showcase because they will have been part of a team that got the results. They might not have that confidence as someone who's been in the industry for 10 years to just steal the results as if they did them all by themselves. They know that they're part of a team. And when you're someone who's been in the industry one, two, three years, the CV is never going to be that impressive. And it's it shouldn't need to be. You can but, find out people's aptitude for a, a job when they're applying for it just through a few questions. So maybe make it a three-question three uh, application process, no CV required. Change the way we do it so that actually you're giving people a much more level playing field. You're then hopefully removing bias and things like um, where people have had gaps in their CV and then come back to work after, say, raising kids, for instance. Like correct. you're removing that bias by taking the CV out of the equation. I know someone just like this. She... Um... She she took time off, did the whole kids thing, and she got divorced, and then had to go back to the job market. And it was incredibly hard. She had a lot of skills. She had to go back and basically like do internships just to get started again because we're like, oh, what's this gap for? Blah 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 blah. And it's it's because you're looking at a stupid CV. If you yeah. talk to her for five minutes, you'd be like, yeah, like clearly this person has their shit together. And I think I'm trying to find out like while we're talking, there was a thing that Wix announced at one point, nothing to do with like SEO, but like how they go about hiring. I can't find it where they basically said, I don't know if it's across the board. I don't think it is. I think it was a program. They just try to try it out. I hope they stuck with it where they don't look at CVs. Mm-hmm. They were, I forgot what they looked at instead, but like the whole point was like a CV doesn't tell who you are. Yeah. But it can introduce a lot of bias, unfortunately, because you're, you're giving away information that shouldn't actually affect your application process at all, but unfortunately does. And I'm not saying that with any of these kind of biases, it's for the interview managers to address their biases and deal with those biases. It shouldn't be on the candidate to have to do that. But removing things like the CV can lessen the likelihood that people are being subjected to that hiring manager's bias. There's so much bias and it's impossible not to have bias looking at a CV. I mean, there's like really bad bias, but it's just the general bias of like, oh, they bounced around a lot, mm. I, the, what they included, why did they include, there's just tons of bias inherently because it's, no, I wouldn't say that kind of bias is anybody's fault because what you're basically doing is taking like, you know, cliff notes 
mm-hmm. and like trying to like understand Shakespeare's motivations by reading the mm-hmm. cliff notes. Like yeah. obviously you're going to screw that up. And there's real bias or bad bias or preventable bias. Well, let's say you have somebody who's an expat and they're writing in a language that's not their native language. And mm-hmm. yes, they're going to make some semantic or, or grammatical errors and you're looking at them and judging them based upon that. Now, if you're if their role is to perhaps write in English, okay, that might be a, a red flag. Like they're 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 a writer, which I don't know if it would or wouldn't it be. I would still interview them anyway if they have great skills. But if they're a technical SEO, let's say, does that matter that they didn't use the comma in the right place for reals? Exactly. It's it's that kind of bias that really frustrates me. Or or looking at um, like we mentioned, job titles. It could be that you had a string of really impressive sounding job titles and then a less impressive sounding job title and people wonder what happened there. And it could just be that actually the company you're working for doesn't give impressive job titles. They, they kind of level the playing field that way or, or you've had a bunch of impressive job titles that really your responsibilities and the work that you're doing probably didn't warrant those because we do have a lot of inflated job titles within the SEO industry and there's no standardization there. So even looking at things like that, can introduce bias where it doesn't need to be there. And you could be discounting a really good candidate who's already qualified for the role or a really good candidate who's got so much potential to be excellent in that role, but hasn't quite done the work there yet to show that they are going to be excellent in that role. The whole process is just flawed in my opinion. And there's much better ways that we can actually help our our candidates to really shine in a way that doesn't discount them for silly petty things that in the scheme of things don't really matter. Do you see this changing at any point? Not even soon. I, think, I don't think it's changing anytime soon. I mean, I think the more that people like me rant about it, I hope there will be change. I do. It's something that I feel quite passionate about because I think it's doing a great disservice to our SEOs. We talk about training in SEO and how we want to help each other to progress and develop. We have all of these conferences giving people new skills and then we gatekeep when they're trying to move jobs. And that is it's not fair. It's not fair. It doesn't allow for people to grow. We're stopping them. We're keeping them stuck in in particular levels of job or within a, a particular vertical because we're not willing to see past the the immediately obvious and look to their potential as, as people. Yeah, and I'm glad if you look at the conferences or some of the better conferences. Okay, let's be honest, Brighton SEO. Um, they they have sessions around these more holistic aspects of SEO. It's definitely when I'm thinking back, like, you know, I don't know, 2015, let's say, I don't remember hearing anything about this stuff. Mm-hmm. There was nothing about this. And now you have, I just, we were talking about this before the show. So Nick Leroy has a thing called seojobs.com. And he just put out a tweet. I, mean, when I say just put out, I mean, the time of this recording, this is probably like six weeks before you're listening to this. Um, want to know the one difference between seojobs.com and the big job boards? We won't publish positions that request one individual to do five people's worth of work mm-hmm. or have the experience of a Google engineer for a measly $35,000 salary. Some of these companies' expectations barf. And I think that's another issue with the industry is we kind of put down a massive, huge, long wish list within the job ads and then start discounting people because they don't tick all the boxes. That's crazy. I actually talked about this on this podcast with Paul Andre de Vera about this, or better known as Dre. Uh, If you haven't checked that out, by the way, the SEO show, he's the dude with the the mohawk and the sound effects that are amazing. yeah, you have, I, I, I personally, I used to really keep track of PPC and SEO together. Really, it's, I, I wanted to keep, it was kind of important to me. It was just back when I was at Rank Ranger. I was doing some PPC and managing people who were doing PPC. I kind of needed to know. 
at this point, I give up. I don't even care anymore. I am done. I can't possibly keep up with both. There's so many changes happening in the PPC side in particular. I, I'm out. But then you see job listings like, yeah, we want you to do site audits and content audits and research and competitor analysis and, and PPC. Are you kidding me? First of all, it's an SEO job. Why do you do PPC? Exactly. And it's just a throwaway comment in a, a job ad that, and I, I forget the statistic, but there's a statistic that suggests that uh, men are more likely to um, apply for roles where they don't meet all of the criteria in the job spec versus uh, women and non-binary folk who mm. might not uh, apply because of that one line that says they must know PPC. And that you're, you're gatekeeping and there's bias there already just because you've created this really overly complicated job spec when actually, if you get to the interview stage and talk it through with the interviewer, they're probably going to say, oh yeah, we don't really need you. We've got a PPC person. We just need you to understand how to work with that PPC person. Yeah. It's completely different to what it That's is in the job very spec. very different. I feel like... And I say, I feel like I've talked to people about this, but perhaps I'm wrong. I've only talked to you know, a select handful of people about this, so perhaps I'm wrong, perhaps I'm not. But I feel like the SEO agencies are a bit messed up with this. And I, I don't envy them to a certain extent because it means that they need to spend more money, but they're trying to have one person fill a million different roles because it's cost-effective. And that might have worked 10 years ago when the way things work was very, very different. And what you needed to know and what you needed to do as an SEO was completely different. But that doesn't work anymore. And it's a little more siloed and it's a little more specialized and it's a little more whatever. And, and you can't just have one person do that and you're going to need to perhaps spend more money, but you still see them putting up those as trying to have that one person to rule them all. Exactly. And actually through that process, you're going to get some wildly different people who are who are applying for this role so if you've got a job spec that's got 20 different criteria on it you'll have someone who is really good at 10 of them and not at the other 10 or someone else who's got the the opposite skill set so who do you want who is it you're actually looking to attract here to apply to your job or do you just not know and i think that yeah. is actually at the crux of some of the issues they don't know the, the interview process so people just don't know what they want they, they just don't need, they just need to save money that's what they know they need to know we have a lot of work to do and we don't want to spend a lot of money doing it. So let's hire one person who can do all of the things and probably can't do them all well because none of us no. are going to be expert at every single aspect of, of SEO or simply haven't got the practical uh, experience in all of those aspects of SEO. But by putting these big job specs together and even carrying that mentality through to the interview process, because the job spec essentially is the, is the, the Bible of which the interviewers should be referring back to you when they're looking at whether a candidate is suitable or not. So if you've got a poorly written job spec, how are the interviewing team supposed to assess whether this person's right for the role or not? Because that's the only thing they've got to go by. So unless they're the hiring manager is the person who wrote the job spec and they actually know what it is that they're, they're looking for, then you're kind of putting everyone at a bit of a disadvantage because there's no real clear idea as to what the role is meant to be and who's supposed to fill it. And that is why I think a lot of the time, this is something that we're talking more about in the industry. You don't see salaries attached to job specs because, again, oh, they don't quite know annoying. who they're after. So they're kind of just, you know, let's see who applies. Let's see if they're senior. Let's see if they're junior. We might be able to catch a junior person who's actually quite good, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's why they don't want to put down specifics like salary because it might start weeding out people who they could get for, for cheaper or it could uh, dissuade people who are very senior that they might be able to argue down with like stock options and what have you to take a lesser salary. So they just leave it off altogether 
because the power is then in the interviewer's hands rather than the candidate's hands. And I think, again, big disservice to the candidates that way. I, it's one of the most annoying things to me when I applied for a job is not knowing the salary. And I generally don't. It's just like, it's not worth my time if I don't know what it is, it just, and, and, mm-hmm. and but it's an, I have that luxury of doing that. I think at this point, mm-hmm. I, people don't, right? Especially if you're a junior, you're starting, they don't, and they're just going to apply and it's a, it's a mess. Yeah. So basically what we're saying is the SEO job scenario is a complete disaster, but maybe yeah. it's getting better. I think there, I think there's inroads. I definitely do. And I think there's a lot of conversation about it happening in the industry at the moment, which is needed. And that's how we make the change which is why I appreciate you coming here. And I apologize for cutting this short, but my kids are home today and I have one of my 10-year-olds, I have twin 10-year-olds, making pancakes for his five-year-old brother and his four-year-old brother. And there's chaos ensuing. So that's a great reason to end the podcast now. Helen, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter uh, at Helen Pullet one There's loads of L's and loads of T's in my name, so good luck with that one. Or you can talk <laughs> with me on LinkedIn. Awesome. Are you on TikTok? I am not. I'm scared of it. No, I don't know. TikTok. TikTok is SEOs. I don't know. It's not my. Definitely not my thing. Um. All right. SEO rant. When does it come out? Typically on Thursdays. Where can you find it? You already found it. Great. Done with that. My kids are going crazy. Helen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Lots of fun. My pleasure. And to my audience, toodles. <laughs>